that, but if you stayed home because it's rainy and it's cold, what are you going to tell Jesus? Well, what are you going to tell him after he hung on a cross for six hours? Six hours in agony and pain so you could be forgiven who didn't deserve it. If I was you, I'd get out my pajamas, get in that shower, get some clothes on, and get to the 11 o'clock. Amen. Well, I can just listen here. No, you can't. Listen, if you, if you have, if you're sick, if you're homebound, you have an excuse, that's one thing. But if you're just being lazy, Romans chapter 12. Now listen, this is a really important message today. It really is. It's a really important message. So if you, don't let anything distract you. Uh, listen, if you've got kids in here, that's okay. Ain't no problem. Just make sure they don't keep you from hearing God's word today. And make sure they don't keep the others around you from hearing from God's word. If they get, if they get fidgety, take them out. Take them out. We've got a great children's program, great children's program that will help you with that. And all God's people say it. Listen, we are in perilous times. We are in perilous times. Wednesday night, we talked about that. We discussed the days, the last days. And if there's ever been a time we need to hear from God is now. And so I pray that you will let the Lord have your undivided attention today. Romans chapter number 12 in verse number 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, not above and beyond the call of duty, not, 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 not being an extraordinary Christian, just reasonable. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye, say it with me, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your presence in this place. Lord, there is, there is a, 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 a great need in the hour that we're in to hear from you. Lord, we are in the last days. We are in perilous times. Lord, we are in the times that Paul told Timothy about. God, we need to hear from you. I pray that every person here came to hear from you. I pray there's no casual Christians here. I pray that they didn't just come out of habit. I, didn't, I pray they didn't come just because they're supposed to. I pray they have an intention and a purpose to hear from you today. God, I'll praise you and I'll thank you. I'll give you glory and praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. In Jesus' precious holy name. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you've been here for a little period of time, you understand that we've been in these two verses for a while. 
And we've talked about complete submission in verse 1. It says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. You are submitted totally, completely to Him. We understood what the world is. We, we spent a day on the world and what the world is and the, the effect the world has on us. That invisible force out there, that power, that influence that's trying to, to, to mold you into their belief system, into their behavior, uh, everything about the world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For the love of the world, listen, is enmity against God. Enmity, meaning, meaning animosity. Everything about this world is anti-God. Anti-God. Everybody was shocked about the Grammys last week and, and people watching the Grammys said, oh, it was just a, it was a devil worship service. And you're surprised? Haven't we been saying that for the last five weeks? This world is not your friend. There is a system, the world. And the Bible says, be not Come on, everybody. Be not conformed. Don't allow the pressures of the world to, to, to press you into its mold. Now, it says, but be ye transformed. And so today we're going to talk about, we got two, I, I believe, two left in this series. Today and tomorrow, or th- next week. And so today, let's talk about transformation. Be ye transformed. Now, this same word, to get, a, to get a good understanding, you know, I like to define uh, uh, words if there is a command by God, and I believe this is a command. Would you agree with that? Amen. Be ye transformed. And this word is the same word that's used in the, uh, uh, in the gospels when Jesus went up to the mountain and was transfigured. Say that word with me. He was he was transfigured. Uh, uh, Peter, James, and John was up there with him. Uh, they fell asleep. Jesus is praying. They fell asleep. They wake up and Jesus is glowing. Jesus is shining like the brightness of the sun. He is transfigured. In other, and it's the same exact word, same exact word that's used. It's translated in the English transfigured there, but transformed here. Metamorphio, or what we would use the word metamorphosis. There is an outward changed form. It's, it, we use it with a caterpillar. A caterpillar turns into a, what happened? He was transfigured. He was transformed. He experienced metamorphosis. What was on the inside changed his, and all God's people see it. What happened on the mountain with Jesus? What was on the inside that had been on the inside the whole time? That deity, that glory, that God in him started shining on the outside and the outside started matching what was on the inside. Are y'all with me? The best way to explain it is the outside started matching what was on the inside. Preacher, what are you saying? What Paul is trying to tell us this morning is that we have to change the outside to match the inside. 
Preacher, what's on the inside? The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The day you place your trust and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you were born again. You were changed into a new creature. You were not remodeled. You were not refashioned. You were created, born again, something brand new. That's on the inside. And now he says, you need to make an effort to make sure the outside matches the inside. And all God's people see it. That's what it means. Because you don't, that don't automatically happen. You're a babe in Christ. Everything don't change all at one time. That's why the Bible says you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become. Say it with me. Become. That means it's not automatic. It's not automatic. Every, every baby Christian don't have it all together. At the moment of salvation, he has everything he, he needs to know and he has changed and, and he's developed. Some of them, not some of them, all of us. You ever heard that song? He's still working on me. I may not be what I ought to be, but I ain't what I used to be. And I ain't what I'm going to be. Church, say amen. That's transfigured. That's transformed. Paul is saying, you need to make an effort. You need to work on this. You can't work on your salvation. That's, a, that's something only God can do. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can, listen, it is by grace, through faith. It's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God saves you. He changes you on the inside, but it's up to you to let that change work to the outside. Does that make sense, everybody? Now, here's the thing. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see the point of transformation. What is the point? What's the point? What's the purpose? Why, why do we need to be transformed? Watch how this verse goes. Watch how this verse goes. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not come on everybody be not but be ye all right watch this now everybody look at me everybody look at me in your walk with Christ the moment you get saved the moment you begin your walk with Christ you're either going to be conformed or so what's the point what's the point of transformation it prevents you from being conformed. Are y'all with me? And that is the letter A, if you're curious. What is the point of transformation? It is the prevention of conforming. It is the prevention of conforming. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If you don't take an active role in your spiritual walk, in your walk with Christ, you will be conformed. There's no neutral ground. There's no neutral ground. You're either, listen, uh, we, 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 they, they wanted to go up to the, to, the, to the mountains up there and get one of them rafts and, and go down that, that, the, the rapids and everything. I don't know why. I don't know why anybody would want to pay to scare somebody. 
and, 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 you know, have the possibility of drowning and wet in cold water. I don't get that. But here's one thing I recognize. If you don't paddle, honey, you going with the river. Wherever the river takes you, you going. Now, here's the, here's the illustration. The moment you get saved, your boat turns around. But there's a problem. There is a current. That current is the world. That current is that world system, that world ideology, that world philosophy, that world's way of thinking, that world's way of acting. And you will be conformed if you don't start paddling and make an effort to be transformed. transformed. You, you, you can't throw it in neutral. You can't just say, well, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I'm good. No, 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 no. Because if you don't transform, you will be conformed. Why do you think there were so many people in here mad because of what I was saying about what the Bible said about modesty? Because you've been conformed. You've been in this system so long. You've been out in the world so long. You're so familiar with the things of the world, the dress of the world. Uh, listen, the ideas of the world, the modesty of the world, that when somebody comes and says, this is what God says, and you get angry, you get frustrated, or, well, I just don't agree with that. You know why? Because you're conformed. If you can get a Bible verse for what's being said and still argue with it, that's a great sign you're conformed. You have not allowed the Word of God to transform your mind. You're stuck in the world. Amen. And the reason that takes place is when we don't make an Watch this now. Watch this. Because of the mercies of God. Because of what God did. Be not conformed, but be ye be ye transformed is, is the point he's saying is you got to do something. You cannot save yourself, but you can make an effort in the process of sanctification. Be ye trained. You got to make an effort. And the point of transformation is to keep you from being conformed. The reason he says be ye transformed is to keep you from being because if you are not transformed, you will be no questions. All right, now, what's the other point? What's the other point? First is a prevention of conforming, right? The prevention of confirmation, conforming to the world. The second is to promote Christ-likeness. To promote Christ-likeness. You see, God has got a plan for your life. I like, you know, people all the time, they say, oh, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And if you're, if you're watching the TV preachers and the prosperity preachers, you have this idea that God's plan for your life is to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Now, wise he does. Healthy might not be. God's plan for your life may be to struggle with cancer. God's plan for your life may be to struggle with diabetes. God's plan for your life may be to struggle with heart disease or heart trouble and to bring glory to God through suffering. I got more Bible than you could ever imagine, so just, just go ahead and get your guns ready if you want to argue with that. The Bible does talk about suffering in the will of God. All right, but it, 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 may, not be, it may not be prosperity. God's will for your life may be to be poor. 
It may be to have little. Paul said, I have had much and I have had little. All right. Now, what's the point? What's the point? God said his plan for your life. What did he say in Romans chapter eight, verse 28? He said, all things work together for good to them to love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow. He did predestinate. That means predetermined, preplanned. He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. I don't know if God's plan for you to be rich or not. I don't know if it's God's plan for you to be poor or not. I don't know if it's God's plan for you to be healthy or not. I don't know if it's God's plan for you to be sick or not. But I do know this. It's God's plan for you to be like his son. God begins a work in you. A good work, it says. A good work. What is that good work? That is a work of transforming you into the image of his son. Transformation. What am I going to transform to? If I'm going from one thing to the other, well, without a doubt, without a doubt, it is Christ. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the... Come on, everybody. Put, it's like a coat. Put ye on the... 2 Corinthians three eighteen. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. What are we beholding? The Lord. And we are changed into his image. Now I'm going to explain that a little more in, in the next point, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Ephesians four fifteen. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. How many things? All things, which is the head, even Christ. You ever, you ever, you know, you, 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 you see these young people, you see these young people. What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I'm a, I'm going to be a fireman. I, I, I want to be, I want to be a policeman or I, I, I want to be an astronaut or I want to, I don't hear very many say I want to be a preacher. <clears throat> I don't blame them. <clears throat> but you don't hear that a lot. But you say, what do you want to be? In other words, when you get older, this is okay. When you ask a Christian that, every Christian, you can ask them this question. According to Ephesians, what Paul is teaching us here, what you want to be when you grow up is Christ. Yes. Grow up into Christ. Grow up into him. In other words, as you mature, you're becoming more like Christ. As you develop, you're becoming more like Christ. As you grow in your Christian life, you become more like Christ. Now watch this. Watch this. Everybody look at me. That's going to hurt some feelings right now, but just put your seatbelt on. It's going to get worse. The amount of time you've been saved does not determine your spiritual level of maturity. Well, I tell you what, I've gone to church for 40 years. So, did you, did you apply any of it? Was you paying attention? Or was you thinking about the ball game every Sunday? Was you thinking about the fishing that week? Was you thinking about the hunting trip? Did you come because you're supposed to, out of habit? Or did you come to be transformed? Did you come and listen and pay attention and say, I need to do that this week. I need to forgive my brother. I need to love one another. I need to, hello. Well, I tell you what, if you've been saved that long, you're mature. How many of y'all know some 40-year-old real immature idiots? 
See, age doesn't, age has nothing to do. The length of time you've been saved has absolutely nothing to do with your spiritual maturity and transforming into the image of Christ. There are people at Bethel Baptist Church in Fort Pierce, Florida, who changed my diapers, who are still going to church, but they are at the same level of maturity they were the day they trusted in Christ and placed their faith in Christ because they haven't taken the measures, they haven't taken the steps, they haven't made the effort to grow in Christ. If you still have the same attitude you have, if you still have the same hateful spirit, if you still have, listen, issues, if you still have uh, anger problems, bitterness problems, don't tell me you're mature and don't tell me you're acting more like Christ. Hello? Are you conformed or are you being transformed? Because that's God's purpose. The moment you get saved, he begins a work in you to transform you into the image of his son. He did all the work on the inside and he wants the outside to match what he's done on the. Everybody good? Everybody all right? Listen here, number two. Number two. We see what was number one. We see the point of transformation. Number two, we see the place of transformation. Where does this take place? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Everybody look at me. It all starts here. The Christian life, the Christian battle is either won or lost in the mind. Your mind is the control center. Your mind is where it all takes place. Listen, adultery doesn't happen in the bed. It starts in the mind. That's why Jesus said, men, if you are looking on a woman to lust after her in your heart, meaning your mind, you've committed adultery already in your heart because it starts there before it gets there. Being angry. He said, you're, you're committing murder. You've killed him in your head. That's just one step from killing him. In... It starts in the mind. Every battle is won or lost in the mind. Be renewed in your mind. Satan is after your mind. Satan wants to control your mind. Now watch this. How do you get to your mind? How do you get to your mind? Anybody? Your eyes and your ears. Your eyes and your ears go straight to your if the If the battle is won or lost in the mind, why in God's name are we not being careful what goes in the eyes and what goes in the ears? A few weeks ago, we had a little... Visual illustration up here. We had a computer, the internet. We had a TV. We had a smartphone. All of those are tools that Satan uses to pump propaganda into your mind. And he wants you to doubt God. He wants you to follow the world. So he's going to pump into your life. Pump. Here's a great illustration. Has anybody ever tried to die? 
Bless y'all. I love you. I grew up this big. Cesar, that big my whole life. I used to have a critical spirit against people to struggle. Because I didn't. Hey, how hard could it be? Then God bless me with marriage and metabolism issues. It's the worst thing ever. And this is what's worse about it. I'm good. I'm having, I'm, I'm, I'm having a victorious day. I've, I've ate, my, I've ate my, my bar and I'm good and I'm satisfied and I'm, I'm okay. I'm not hungry. I don't have any cravings. I sit down and I turn the TV on and the first commercial is Popeye's chicken. Now I'm hungry. Or I walk in the door and Tammy's addicted to this Bobby Flay challenge thing. So she's got it on repeat. One episode after another. And you know what? There's no commercials. So you see food all the time. It's of the devil. What are you saying? Those things going through you affects the way you think. I wasn't hungry. I didn't even want nothing to eat. I was fine. I wasn't even thinking about food at all until I sat there and it said, hey. (laughs) Now, I'm I'm being just a little facetious to loosen y'all up because y'all looked a little tight just a while ago. But what about sexual images? What about adultery that we're just pumping in and watching and vulgarity and foul language and and it's just going right through our eyes into our, going right through our ears. You know, we sing the little kid song, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Hello. And I sir, I, I, oh. Oh, God has made a change in me. I seen something on social media the other day, and I didn't post. I want to. I want to just, they said, oh, no, that's not for little children. Let me tell you something. If it's not for little children, it's not for adults. It's in your mind. It matters what you watch. It matters what you listen to. It matters what you hear. I was, I was working with a construction crew in South Carolina. <clears throat> construction crew. Heathens. All of them. I'm talking about, I'm, not, I'm registered heathens. I'm not talking about your general run-of-the-mill heathens. I'm talking about got papers and everything. <laughs> and there was, they, they, this one old boy, he just loved blues music. Delbert McClinton. I don't know if you've ever heard of Delbert McClinton. But he's a blues singer. And I'm going to tell you what, you listen to that a little bit, it'll make a preacher won't get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and you're sitting there working and trying to, and I mean, you, 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 your wife's left you and, and, and this crazy woman won't leave me alone and this, this drink ain't helping me anymore. And, it, and you, dear Jesus. Yeah. And it affects your mind. 
It affects your thinking. I got there real early one day. And I put my CD in. And it was upbeat gospel. And it was, it was playing before they ever got there. And it changed everything. Didn't last long, but it did while it lasted. <laughs> I'm telling you, you don't understand. You think he's just being, just, oh, he's just being, he's just being too cautious. He's just being kind of extreme. The preacher's just, you know, it, it's not that big. It is a big deal. The music you listen to, the TV that you watch, the shows that you, listen, you expose yourself to will affect your mind. Be careful. The battle is won or lost in the mind. Say it with me. The battle is won or lost in the mind. Number three, how do we protect our mind? Well, obviously, obviously we got to protect what goes in it. Y'all with me? We got to protect what goes in it. We got we to turn some things off. But, but that's just defensive. And we covered all that last week and the week before that. And we're talking about apps and, and guards and all these kind of things. That's all defensive. Let's talk about the offensive. I'm tired of just playing defensive. Let's play some offense. Amen. Listen, first of all, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. I want you to see the pattern of transformation. How does transformation take place? First, it starts with the Holy Scriptures. Write that down. The Holy Scriptures. God did not give you your Bible for it to sit on the shelf. God didn't give you your Bible to give you something to decorate yourself when you come to church. And if the only time you pick up your Bibles when you come to church, you're going to be conformed. God uses the Holy Scriptures. Now, what did we say? What do we say we want to be when we grow up? Say it again. All right. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Look what it says. Luke 24, 47. And beginning at Moses, this is Jesus. This is Jesus with those two on the road. You remember after, after, uh, 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 his, his, uh, after his crucifixion and his resurrection, there was two disciples that were discouraged and depressed, and Jesus stops by and talks with them. Here's what he said. And beginning at Moses and the prophets, that is the Old Testament. The books of Moses, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and the rest is the prophets. That's the, that's the Old Testament. In other words, he took the Old Testament scriptures, And he expounded unto them in all the what? The scriptures, the things, what? Wow. Watch what he tells the Pharisees. John 5, 39. Search the, come on everybody. Search the, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which what? You see, they didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. And he said, all you got to do is open your Bible. All you got to do is search the scriptures because they are testifying of me. What do you mean? I'm talking about you can find Jesus in the Old Testament. 
You can find Jesus in Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges. Are y'all with me? You find Jesus all through. You see, how many of y'all have ever seen one of them viewfinders? Y'all know them little red things? It's got the little circle thing. Y'all remember them viewfinders? And you put the, you put the little, little thing in there and you got two eyepieces, but how many pictures do you see? One picture. If you look through the lens of the Old Testament and look through the lens of the New Testament, you still but see one picture and that's Jesus. He said, if you'll open Genesis, it'll tell about me. If you'll open Exodus, it'll tell about me. If you'll open Leviticus, it'll tell about me. All through the Bible, all through the Old Testament is Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Gospels, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Acts chapter 1, all the way through Revelation. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Now watch, watch. This is so important. This is so important. We're talking about being transformed. What do we want to be transformed into? In Christ, we want to be Jesus. What does the, what does the Old Testament show us? Jesus. Jesus. What does the New Testament show us? Jesus. What does every book in the Bible show us? Jesus. That's right. Now watch. Colossians 3.10. And have put on the new man, which, now watch this. The word used in, in, in Romans 12.2, be renewed. Say that with me. Be in the spirit of your, now watch this. Renewed. How are we renewed? In knowledge. knowledge. After the image of him that created him. In other words, when you gain, come on everybody, when you gain of the image of him. Y'all with me? Watch this. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. Let the, what is the word of Christ? Your, your Bible, the Holy Scriptures. Let the word of Christ dwell. The word dwell means to live in. Let the word of Christ live in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with a grace in your heart to the Lord. Now, now we're fixing to see a, a clear visual illustration of transformation. Are y'all ready? 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18 in your notes. Here we go. But we all with open face beholding as in a... That's a mirror there. That's a mirror. As beholding in a glass the what? The glory of the Lord. Now watch this. Here's us a a glass. Here's us a glass. Watch this now. This... Is this. When we're gazing into this, it's just like gazing into this. But here's the difference. When we gaze into the scriptures, who do we see? Christ. We we see Jesus. So imagine if we have a looking glass, but the image that we see, the only image we see is who? Jesus. So what, what he is saying here, Paul is telling the church at Corinth, I want you to hold this Bible as a looking glass. But the image that you're going to see is it's Jesus. It's Christ. Every chapter, every book, you're going to find Jesus. 
You're going to find Jesus in the Old Testament. You're going to find Jesus in the New Testament. The more you gaze into this glass, the more you see and recognize and learn and understand Jesus. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now watch. Look what the rest of the verse says. Look what the rest of the verse says. As we behold, as we gaze into the scriptures, this glass... As we behold it, that means get a good grip on it. The glory of the Lord, watch this now, everybody read it, are, come on everybody. What's that word say? Say it again. Now let's use this, transformed. Let's use that word. Let's, Let's use that word. All right, watch this now. Watch this. Beholding as in a glass the word, the glory of the Lord. Are into the same from glory to glory. The more we learn, the more we change. The more we learn, the more we change. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying if you ignore your Bible, you will be conformed to this world. But if you absorb your Bible... You will be transformed into the image that you are studying, that you are reading, that you are learning, that you are growing. So how do I know it's real? Let me tell you something. FBI analysts that study counterfeit money. You know, there's all kinds of different ways of counterfeit money, and they're doing it all the time in, in so many different ways and all that. But do you know what they do when they're training when they're training an analyst to identify and recognize counterfeit money? They make them handle the real thing. Hour after hour, they don't give them counterfeit money. They don't tell them to study counterfeit money. They say, study the real thing. Learn the real thing. Handle the real thing. They got to look at it. They got to handle it. They got to touch it. They got to spend their, they got to dwell with it. And they just constantly, hour after hour after hour, investigate, study, and learn, and touch the real thing so that when an imposter, when a fake, when a counterfeit shows up, boom, they identify it. You know, there's been so many people that started out in the Christian life, started out in a good Bible-believing church, but they never took time to handle the real thing and a false religion, a false doctrine tripped them up because they were not mature enough to recognize. As you absorb the Scriptures, as you read the Scriptures, you are changed. Your, your mind changes. Your mind is being conformed to the image of his son. And you start thinking like Jesus thinks. Doesn't the Bible say, let this mind be in you, right? In Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in. Now watch this. That's not automatic. That's not automatic. You got to make an effort. Well, I come to church, but what do you do when you get here? 
All you out there in the hallway that should be in here, just because you're under the building don't mean you're getting what you need. You need to be in here. You need to be focused. You need to be zeroed in. You don't need any distractions. This thing we're hearing is not for everybody but you. It's for you. I'm just so discouraged. I wonder why. If I had to work out in that hell all week and not be transformed, get the help I need from Jesus, I'd be discouraged too. Now watch. Two, two things that work on our favor. First is the Holy Scriptures. Come on, y'all forget so easy. Man, y'all mad or something. I don't know what it is. How are we transformed? Through the and by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will use the Holy Scriptures. Watch this. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all, we just read this, but we all with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord. In other words, we're we're gazing into the scriptures. We're studying and reading and learning the scriptures. We're being changed into the image of Christ, even as by the what? The spirit of the Lord. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and, say it with me. Look at this statement. The word in the heart is the handle by which the spirit turns the will. Let me read that again. That was good. The word in the heart is the handle by which the spirit Turns the wheel. Watch how these two go together. Watch how these two go together. And I'll give you my last exhortation this morning. Ephesians 5.18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the, that means controlled, influenced by. Watch what it says will happen. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Preacher, what are you saying? That sounds like worship to me. Speaking psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart. Giving thanks. Thanks is worship. Preacher, what are you saying? When you're filled with the Spirit, you'll worship. Well, how do you know that? How do you know that? Listen, I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my foot on a rock, established my goings and put a new. You worship God, you're just spontaneously saying, even if you can't, you'll make a joyful noise. Hello. Now watch. See if what we just read sounds familiar to this. He's talking about being filled with the Spirit, right? Being filled, controlled by the Spirit. Now watch what it says when you're filled with the Scriptures. Let the Word of Christ, the Scriptures, dwell in you richly. You're full of the Scriptures. You've been studying. You've been absorbing it. You've been reading it. 
teaching and admonishing one another in and and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do indeed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving. Preacher, how do I know if I'm being filled with the Spirit or being filled with the Scriptures? You're worshiping, you're singing, you've got joy in your heart, and you are awfully thankful. You see how these two work together? They're almost identical. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. I know you don't have no more things to fill out, but look at me. Don't miss this. They work hand in hand. The Scriptures are the tool. The Holy Spirit is the one who uses the tool. You remember when we had the, remember when we talked about uh, the, the, the armor, put on the whole armor of God, and it goes down the list, helmet, breastplate, your loins, your, 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 your shoes, and all this, and then it says the, 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 the shield of faith, but the sword of the spirit. Isn't that amazing? It didn't say the sword of the saint. Who's going to be swinging the sword? The Spirit. But your job is to make sure the sword is there. Thy word have I hid in my heart. It's your job to learn it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to use it to change you. Now watch, everybody look at me. This is going to be tight. It's going to put your seatbelt on. Go ahead and click it. Go ahead, come on. Put your seatbelt on, click it. It's going to be hard to hear. We make available to you guys. A lot of scripture. And we'll have 2,000 people here on Sunday morning. And on Wednesday night when we go verse by verse by verse. Giving you the word to transform your life. To make you a stronger Christian. To give you victory in your Christian life. Only 400 people will be in this auditorium. 400. I don't need it. Really? Really? Were you in his image? When you talk, do you sound like Jesus? When you walk, do you look like Jesus? When you act, do you act like Jesus? Can this world unmistakably see Jesus in you? Until then, you need to be here. You need to take advantage of every single opportunity you can to get the word in you, to transform you into the image of his son. Because if you are not being transformed, honey, I guarantee you, you will be conformed. Maybe if you don't, you'd have made it a few more Wednesday nights, you wouldn't have been so mad at me when I preached on modesty. Well. Well, you know what? I've been thinking about something. I've been thinking about something. I've had several people call me about issues, problems, counseling sessions. And it it almost without fails, it almost without fails, God will take me back to a Bible study or a sermon that I preached that dealt with the problem they had. But that was their lake Sunday. And so they, you know, they missed that one. Uncle Julio was in that, that week, so we, we missed that one. Yeah, you missed the opportunity that God was going to help you with your problems. And now it's just compounded. 
Do you know how much counseling that the Lord does through the messages in the Bible studies? That you could save yourself a whole lot of headache in life. Preacher, you kind of sound like you got an attitude this morning. How many of y'all cook in here? How many of y'all ladies cook in here? Men too. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Everybody, raise your hand. Y'all quit goofing off back there. I see you. Raise your hand. You cook. You cook. How would you feel? How would you feel if you spent all day in that kitchen, couldn't wait for people to get there? And they either just don't show up or they just pick at it when they get there. Come on, honestly. How do you think it feels to spend hours and hours and hours digging and working and studying and looking, putting something together that will be meat on the bone? They just don't show up. Or when they're here, they don't take it seriously. They goof off in the, in the foyer. It don't feel good. And you know what makes it worse? Is when I see Satan attacking them. And they're being more conformed than transformed. When you've done everything you can to make sure they're transformed. But they're not taking it seriously. Don't whine. When you have no strength for the battle. If you're not making an effort to be transformed. And all God's people see it. 